Is there a connection between women facing food insecurity and addictions to highly processed food? A recent study tackled the question, and InfoTrack reporter Gina Tedesco is here with the results. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Lindsay Parnarowskis, doctoral candidate in clinical psychology at the University of Michigan and first author of the study. Ms. Parnarowskis, of the less expensive food choices that are highly processed, you say they're mentally rewarding. Is the addiction to them much like an addiction to alcohol or drugs that powerful? Yes, There has been a lot of research over the last several years that suggests that certain foods that we have in our food environment, um, so we call them highly processed foods that have unnaturally high levels of refined carbohydrates like white sugar and white flour and added fats, can trigger addictive processes that are very similar to what we would see for alcohol or tobacco or other substances that we typically think of as addictive. And for the women who experience food insecurity, such as skipping meals because money is tight, what sort of unhealthy behaviors result from the addiction? People will describe what we would call compulsive use, so where they might not really want to eat something, or they might want to eat a certain amount of it, but they find that once they start, they can't stop, and they're eating a lot more of these foods than what they might like. And often, eating of these foods will continue even once people have experienced really significant consequences in their life. So maybe they have diabetes, and so they've gotten a recommendation from their doctor that they shouldn't be having sweet foods, but they're finding that they just are really having strong cravings for the sweet foods and finding it hard to cut back on these foods. Or maybe they're having social consequences. You know, it's getting in the way of their relationships with family or friends, but they're continuing to eat these foods despite that. And although your study does not focus on men, can we reasonably assume that men experiencing food insecurity may also suffer addiction to other highly processed foods? Yeah, that's a great question. I will say, because this is the very first study ever to look at a relationship between food insecurity and food addiction, and it was only in samples of women, we can't say for sure that men would experience it the same way. So it's a really important future direction for research. That's one of the very next steps, some of the research we're working on right now to see if we see the same relationship when we look at samples of men and samples with different characteristics. Now, you mentioned carbohydrates before. Is that one of the things itself that is so addicting? So it seems like, yes, there's something about the carbohydrates that contributes to the addictive nature of these foods. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that it's not just any carbohydrates. So we're thinking of unnaturally high levels of refined carbohydrates that we wouldn't find in foods in nature. So we think about like a piece of fruit that has carbohydrates, but it also comes with water and fiber and these other things in its packaging that slow down how your body absorbs the carbohydrates. Compare that to something like a jelly bean that's made up of white sugar that's been highly refined. So the carbohydrates hit our system much more quickly and they're in just these really high levels that we wouldn't find in other foods. And so research shows that when the carbohydrates are coming in this really strong, highly refined package, that's where the addictive potential seems to go up. 
There's also research looking at the role of fat. So it does seem like the combination of these refined carbohydrates and fat together. So thinking about things like French fries or ice cream or burgers, it seems like there's something about that combination that makes it more likely that someone will have an addictive relationship to these foods. We're visiting with the University of Michigan's Lindsay Parnarowskis, lead author on a study on the addictive effects of certain highly processed foods. Does the food industry specifically target low-income households to purchase these highly processed foods more heavily than medium or high-income homes? Yes. So there is evidence that people who live in lower-income areas are more directly targeted by the food industry for highly processed foods. So you can think about this in terms of advertising, you know, things that you might see on the bus or the subway or even on TV directly targeting people. But we can also think about where companies choose to place their location. So you think about in certain neighborhoods, it might be really difficult to access a grocery store, but they walk down the street and they see several fast food outlets or convenience stores that sell mostly highly processed foods. And so there are many ways that people within lower income areas are exposed to more marketing from the food industry for these foods. And it sounds like even breaking up with the foods is a problem. People who quit can actually undergo withdrawals. What does that look like? Yeah, that's another thing that we see that's part of that addictive response. It's important to acknowledge that not everybody who has an addictive relationship with these foods will experience withdrawal. And it's also important to note that the symptoms that people experience might be different from what they might experience from some other substance. So when a lot of people hear withdrawal, they think about some of the really severe symptoms that might come from alcohol withdrawal, things like seizures or vomiting, things like that. And with food, it tends to be a little bit more mild. So some people will still experience physical symptoms, so like headaches or fatigue, but actually the most common withdrawal symptoms that people report are more emotional in nature. So people will say they're feeling a lot more irritable or they're more quick to get angry with their friends or family, or they're feeling like they don't really want to do the things that normally they would find exciting or interesting. If a person who's listening to this is food insecure and does tend to rely on these highly processed foods, where can he or she go for help? The biggest thing I would recommend is just looking at your local resources for food access. You know, at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is being able to feed yourself and your family. And then also consider looking into national programs for food assistance. So the biggest one is the SNAP program, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, seeing if you might be eligible. But I will also say I think it's important to acknowledge that this is not just an individual concern. Often people will think, okay, like what can I do to make this better? Or even kind of self-blame, think, oh, this must be my fault. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that this is something that's occurring at the systemic level. And we need to continue to do this research so that we can change policies 
to help improve people's access to food so that someone wouldn't need to reach out to local resources or use something like a SNAP program to be able to have access to the full range of foods that they need, including those that have less addictive potential, like fruits and vegetables. Lindsay Parnaroskis from the University of Michigan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. And that's it for this week's show. Our internet services are provided by Pair Networks, the home of world-class web hosting. InfoTrack's executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting. We hope you'll join us right here next week for another edition of InfoTrack.